Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 12. (laughs) This is going to be a fun one today. It's totally different than what we've done in the past. But before we get started, don't take notes. Go on my website, elizabethrfuller.com. Follow me on Instagram. Let's go on a food adventure. Do you have questions for the podcast? Do you want to be on the podcast? Send me a voice memo. Send me your questions. Let's go on a food adventure. Gmail.com. And a lot of you have asked, how can I support you? How can I support the podcast? I'm a professional food and product photographer. So check out my portfolio on my website and let's work together. All right, let's get started, you guys. So today's today's a little different than how we've done things in the past. I thought it'd be fun So rather than me just answer your questions, because we all come from different backgrounds and we all have different um, cooking abilities, styles of cooking, things we like, things we don't like, I thought it'd be really fun to bring someone on that we all know and love and that we could like tag team answer your questions because he is a single dude who has focused a lot on, you know, health, but paleo and He has a different cooking style than I do and knows different things than I know. And I'm coming from someone who is very experienced in the kitchen and is, um, hmm, how can I say this? And I also don't just cook for myself. I cook for me and my husband, Todd, and, um... Yeah, so it's just, it's different. I think it's just a little different. And I live up here in Boston. He's a little further south in North Carolina. So I'm actually going to, you're, you're going to hear the music in a second, just kind of bring on our guest right now. I know, what, what, what? This is crazy. So you know him, you love him, I love him, and I can't get enough of him either. The one, the only, Michael William Doyle better known as Doyle, Mike, Mikey, or I call him my neuter. He's back. And we're going to answer your listener questions together. So here we go. Hey, buddy. Hi. 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 You're back. Thumbs up for Mike (laughs) William, Michael William Doyle. So as everyone knows today, Today, Mikey and I are going to tag team these questions. You guys have been asking a ton of questions, and I thought it would be really fun to have Michael William Doyle, his full serious name, on the pod again. And um, we're going to answer them from two different perspectives. One, I am obsessed with cooking and have been... Uh, I, I challenge myself maybe a little bit more with my cooking, would you say? Maybe that's not fair to say. I think you challenge yourself. I mean, you make me sound like I'm a truck stop slob, but... Uh, <laughs> if, if, the, if the 
shoe fits, buddy. No, I would say that, <laughs> that it's, I would say not what I said is correct. I would say that you, you make it an experience, obviously yeah. you have a podcast about it. Yeah. I need to make it more of an experience. So I stop going out to dinner so much. Fair enough. Um, I do love and, cooking. I actually am a yeah. good cook. No, you are a really good cook. And like, you're coming from the single dude perspective, which is a, another sure. whole lens, you know? So let's not, let's not discount that. So yeah, we're, Doyle has no idea the questions I'm about to ask. Him. So, oh he did zero research. So this is going to be a lot of fun guys. All right. Our first one comes from Ryan in Boston. And he asks, I'm recently single after several years where I wasn't allowed to cook much. I can make a lot of basic things, pasta, meatloaf, rice, breakfast, sauteed veggies, but they won't impress a date. What are a few dishes I should master to up my game? Do you want to go first? Yeah. Steak. Okay. I'm going to just say this as everyone listening is, is going to eat meat. So uh, that's fine. No, I would say learn how to cook a steak. It's this, it's the easiest thing. Mm -hmm. And I would say that is something that's impressive. I would think that you would jump in and say like, here's a little tiny extra thing to add. Like, Mm. what's that? Like, like saffron or, you know, like with a (laughs) side of risotto saffron, it's like some, I can, can I swear? You can swear. That's so funny. That's so, I was going to say risotto. That's so funny. God. Um, Yeah. So like, I would say a steak again, room Mm. temperature. If I'm going to cook a steak and I'm not going to just go in a super depth about this but if i do a steak i take it out if i'm gonna cook it at like six o'clock i take it out of my fridge at three keep it in the the package that i get from whole foods mm-hmm. get let it get room temperature and when i go to cook it i just put like unsalted uh carry gold butter like a little bit in the pan make mm-hmm. sure it melts mm-hmm. get it hot and then mm-hmm. i put just sea salt himalayan sea salt and crush and uh crushed pepper on mm-hmm. not well not crushed pepper just ground pepper mm-hmm. on the first side but but prior to that i take a paper towel and i dry off both sides someone mm-hmm. told me about this mm-hmm. and do that put it on the butter timer four minutes mm-hmm. flip it timer i usually do three minutes on the other side mm-hmm. and then i take it off let it sit for 10 mm-hmm. You're golden. If you want to really kick it up a little bit as it's cooking on the other side, throw some rosemary sprigs in there and then take a spoon and pour the butter on top of the steak. You're basting, baby. He's a baster. So I would say, because it's so easy to do that. And then you can just make like, I don't know, like baked Brussels sprouts with coconut oil, salt and pepper, 30, 40 minutes in the oven until they're like charred, which mm-hmm. which I posted about in my comic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that's one thing I would say. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, I was going to say a risotto. Um, you have to get the Oroborio rice from Italy. That's so funny that you said risotto, you asshole. I know and, my pairings. I know, right? And like some good seared scallops or something. But the other thing that really, like while we were just talking, that comes to mind is, the, you know, dates can be awkward, especially if it's like the first or second when you're inviting someone into your house and you're already a little nervous and stuff. So I think, and the person coming in could be a little nervous too. So I think what what would be even more fun is make something you're comfortable with making 
but do it together and make it so it's like interactive. So if you're going to make like a flatbread, like make, make it all together. If you're going to make the risotto, make it together because you can go the route of having it all done. And then right when they walk in, you do drinks, you have a snack, and then you go and have dinner. But it's also, you don't want to be stuck in the kitchen cooking while the other person's just kind of standing there and watching you, like give them a task, have them cut something up, have them. So you guys are doing it together because I know when I cook in the kitchen with my husband, it's a hell of a lot more fun when we do it together than when we're solo doing it. Um, so that would I think, be my suggestion. Yeah, I, I think from my perspective of my layout of my apartment, mm -hmm. like it's all, I guess, open cons. It's one yeah, room that's lit. Yeah. So my kitchen, is has an island and then the stove and everything the other counter so it's like it's pretty open so if i'm there and if i have a date i i think cooking together is a really good idea one because it's also going to show you if they suck at cooking <laughs> which i had happen to me years ago uh i i was about eight months about getting separated and i was trying to get in the dating thing and i started dating this girl and she came over and I was like, okay, we're going to cut. I was like, I'm going to make you cut vegetables. And she was just so, it was kind of like a, like a, like a, uh, uh, and I was like, oh, I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> so I quickly realized Dinara. that that wasn't going to work out. So that, so yeah. There or you, you, you could just impress them and just be like, know your place, stay <laughs> out of the kitchen. <laughs> or there's that, or you can go that, that route. Joke. Either way. Either way, I, so I, that's what I would suggest. And I can put a couple of recipes um, as well as how to cook a good steak in the show notes. Oh, that's good. All right. So our next question comes mm -hmm. from Maria in New Jersey. She asks, do you wash your veggies and fruit in vinegar or a veggie wash? If so, why? I just use water. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't even really, I don't know. It's probably stupid, but I don't, I don't buy organic and I just buy regular vegetables. But if I... The main ones that I would want, yeah, like if I cook a sweet potato or if I'm going to cut up a sweet potato, I'll always wash that in water, cucumbers in water. I never wash lettuce. I used to have a, a lettuce wa the thing where you, <laughs> you dry it. What, what Chris did, our friend Chris. No, no. I didn't use, I didn't use dish detergent to clean it when I was asked to by my mother when I was 15. Sorry, Barker. Our friend. Um, <laughs> so I think... I do. I use veggie wash and I don't. So my veggie wash, I use water with a tiny bit of vinegar um, and baking soda. And I do it for like what they call like the dirty dozen, which are the vegetables that have way more pesticides on them. Um, and could have those? E. coli. So those would be like uh, strawberries, spinach, yeah, kale, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, pears, tomatoes, celery, and potatoes are right now the top 12. Um, and then also I go, I get a lot of our veggies from a CSA here locally, a farm. And then I also have a garden that I grow, whatever doesn't die, I eat. Um, and those, I don't necessarily like wash. I mean, I still rinse them and wash them when I'm going to eat them, but, um, I'm, I know what I'm spraying or not spraying on my own vegetables in my own garden. So, you this know, is such I, a, this is so funny too, because you're coming from like the single guy perspective yeah, in your perspective where you cook so much more than me. Um, I've never heard of veggie wash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, 
I, like I got into it years ago when I went to visit my brother in Brazil and they, my, they wash everything and they wash it before, right. When they come back from the market, they wash it all right before it goes in the fridge. And he buys veggie wash here in the U S and brings it down there because he can't get it in Rio. And so that's, that's just oh. something they've always done. Um, and then I got into it once I read more about what the pesticides are and the, that these companies are using, even organic stuff still has some sort of some, how do you, how do you know though, if it's, I, we don't have to get into this, this no. in length, but like, how do you, I I could never tell if it made a difference or not, not flavor wise, definitely. But um, like, how do you know if you are just in ingest, dige, ingesting? Yeah, Did, they're like, saying that. It, it, where do you see it? Like, how do you see cancer. it as a sign? Yeah, but like. The big C. That, yeah. No, but like, that's what they say. They say a lot of our now diseases that are very prevalent in our society could be linked possibly to. I know. Totally. I, I get it. I mean, it's a, it's a good preventative, yeah. but yeah. I'm a, I'm the kind of guy who like, I need to see something physically to know sure. like, okay, this is working, but whatever. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I got you. Veggie I mean, wash everybody. No, you do you, but I would definitely <laughs> maybe go the extra step even with like, so all you have to do is fill your sink with a little bit of water. And then I literally just splash a tiny bit of vinegar in and then a tiny bit of bake, like a couple of tablespoons of baking soda, mix it up in the sink. And then I'll put the, the vegetables in I'm about to eat, like wash them with my hands. And then, you know, what doesn't need to get washed? God. <laughs> Bags of potato chips, <laughs> especially when they're organic, organic Doritos, <laughs> organic Oreos. I was told one time they were like, that was their defense, but they were organic. I was like, no, and they're vegan. Holy Christ. And they're vegan. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think they're vegan. Are they? Is there, like cream? Is there cream in it? Google that. Oh, that's not dairy. That's not real dairy. That's like your dry you know, like, you know, it's that artisanal uh, <laughs> chocolate or cookie, whatever the hell it is. That's, there is no dairy in a in fucking Oreo, buddy. No, it's how many the chemicals. Cream? That's not what? real. Google fact check me right now. Lifetime fact I, I'm check. pretty sure you're right. You care I, about this stuff. More than, I don't even buy this stuff anyway. Next question. All right. So our next one comes from John in Massachusetts. And he asks, several of my friends are very good with a smoker. I normally am tasked with bringing a side. I make a good potato salad, but so do others. What side should I make? Uh, I've... The easiest one I've ever brought to uh, a cookout or whatever mm -hmm. is just kale with what it was a, a sesame, a little bit of sesame oil and a little bit of um, aminos. What what is that? Uh, it's oh, like, soy, like sauce. soy sauce. Yeah. Yeah, like a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of that, and just rub. You literally just a tiny bit, and you rub it all in, and. Mm -hmm. Put, do a little bit more soy sauce. It's a little saltier because people are going to gravitate to eating that. That was like my easiest go-to ever. Mm. No, that's good. I decided the other day to make um, pulled pork and I went all out and I made a bourbon corn pudding from, uh, I think it was Half-Baked Harvest, her blog. Damn. Uh, it, it was so easy and it was like cornbread and like cream corn and bourbon all had a baby and it was creamy and 
but oh like, i thought that was the ingredients i was like that sounds no, awful no 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 you're no, like you no. open a can of cream <clears throat> no, corn no, 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 pour no. it on top you're like no. i'll add a bottle of bourbon now yeah. No, uh, but you to do take away add, the you, pain, right? You do put bourbon in it, and it was like super good. The other thing that I absolutely love, um, it's more of a condiment than a side dish, but there's this thing in Haiti called pickles. And so you take cabbage, habanero peppers, it's super spicy, but you take cabbage and habanero peppers, a little bit of garlic, um, <clears throat> maybe an onion or shallot, finely, finely, finely chop everything. So it's like, like you chiffonade it, so it's like super. Finer than coleslaw, right? You super put it chiffonaded. In, super, super chiffonaded. It's a term. Yes. You put it in a jar with like vinegar, a little sugar, uh, and let it sit in some water and let it sit for a few days. It becomes this like super sweet, salty, sour, pickly condiment. I put it on everything. We always have a jar in the fridge. What was this? So this is what again? Pickles from Haiti. Oh my God. <laughs> I was walking in, I was walking through Whole Foods the other day and there was yeah. something you told me to buy weeks ago when I was doing. Oh, the billy. mushroom powder. Oh no. Um, go to jail. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I forgot what it was called, but I was walking mm -hmm. through an aisle and I had like the, it was whatever that the aisle is with all the ingredients that just seem like I have Asian? no idea. Sure. Yeah. It's like all the Asian ingredients. It's like a mix of like every, it's like all the, Asian Indian. Yeah, it's like yeah. all the expensive you should not be in this aisle of ingredients. <laughs> and I was just looking through it and I'm like, I bet that's where that shit is that Beth was telling me. It's probably yeah. right here in front of my face and I should buy it, but I'm gonna buy the wrong thing. Why didn't you call keep me? Walking. I probably should, I should. I, well I I left my phone in my car. Cause um, I, I I don't know. I just, you just need I, to I wanna I wanna take a break. <sighs> From, my from the fans 10 minutes yeah from yeah. everyone commenting on all of my stuff <laughs> that i do and when you have to interact back i mean that's i know they gotta get back to the people this person's a dick they didn't comment back it's like i'm busy grocery shopping and i can't place. remember what my best friend told me to go. i can't remember this okay opinion. um jacob in new york wants to know how can i get my tofu crispy without deep frying it on Doyle's face he was like wait tofu cook, cook chicken <laughs> no. throw it away and eat a piece of broccoli no oh, no don't eat tofu so you don't get like man boobs stop it no so soy is bad yo to tofu the only thing I would say is that you want to squeeze all the water out of it so you you take your brick of tofu and you put it in a plate and then you put like a paper towel on top and then get like a heavier plate with like a can of beans or something, put it on top for like 30 minutes. So the water will all come out. And then um, I would toss, dice it up or slice it however you want, toss it with a little bit of cornstarch or arrowroot powder. Cause that's going to make it crispy. So it's going to feel like when you toss it all together, it might like look a little gluey and gummy. It won't, won't happen. And then in a nonstick pan or a, a good cast iron pan, get it hot with oil. Um, <clears throat> you don't want the oil to smoke. You want it to like be shimmery when you put it in thin layer, put it in. And what the key with this is that you have to wait until the tofu browns up enough that it releases itself from the bottom of the, the cast iron pan or the nonstick skillet. Cause if you do it prematurely, all that crispy coating is going to stay in the bottom of the pan. And eventually it will release like a scallop does or a steak or a piece of chicken with skin on it. Like once it gets brown enough, it like comes up 
and releases itself. So then you flip it and you do the other sides. And then I would put it on a cooling rack um, and let the oil kind of drain off of it. But that's going to keep it crispy without deep frying it. But I would eat it right away. This is not something that you're going to make. And then so later. I kind of straight, I think the thing where I hit a wall with cooking is that I got, I bought into the whole paleo thing a decade mm -hmm. ago. So there's yeah. a lot of things that I don't like to, to include in like what I'm cooking with. Like I don't, I don't cook with olive oil. I always use coconut oil. Cause mm -hmm. I, I have this place that I buy it from. It's like tropical traditions and I'll get a gallon for 60 bucks and it'll last me for like, my God, almost the year. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have a coconut taste. So I always cook with that or the Perigold butter is something I also got from that. When I hear things like cornstarch or all that stuff, um, that's what you said, right? Cornstarch? Yeah, or arrowroot powder. Air, like I just, for me, is going back to talking about washing vegetables and the cancer thing, which is funny that I was just saying that's stupid, but like I yeah. didn't cook with that stuff because I heard it was just so shitty for you. Yeah. Like I, I mean, won't buy canola, anything with canola oil, oil in it. I'm like, why would you buy that? That's yeah. And I mean, I'm not a food scientist or a medical professional, so I don't know all of the ins and outs of this, but my guess is it probably stems from all the GMO crap out there. And so, you know, it's all this genetically modified corn <clears throat> and corn such cash crop. And, uh, and then you have all these byproducts of that corn that have all the GMO properties probably still infused in it, which then trickle down to cancer. Right. Yeah. So I mean, every, everything you Google anything and it leads right to cancer. It goes big, right to the sea. Big, the big C. So um, I still use cornstarch. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of cooking, like Asian cooking, the um, MSG was a huge thing that like, oh my God. Oh my God. Don't eat MSG. But they use it Dorito, so much down here. It's so crazy. Well, it's, it's a way to make, it's a, in, a flavor enhancer that tricks your uh, receptacles in your tongue, I'm probably saying this all wrong, to think the food is tastier than it is and you want to crave it more. So that's why you eat a Dorito. It's all, it's in every bag of Doritos you've ever eaten. And I would like to make, why they taste so good. I would like to also clear it up. I don't eat Doritos. The only time I eat Doritos, again, I, it's not like I'm this svelte motherfucker, <laughs> but like, oh, but you are. God damn, will I eat those Dorito shells yeah. from Taco Bell? Oh, and during quarantine, I found that uh, Postmates delivers Taco Bell. I've done it twice. Hmm. Twice. I am not proud, but it, holy Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. Well, this is a great segue because my husband's <laughs> obsessed with Taco Bell. And if Taco Bell wants to That's sponsor right. Todd in any way. By That's all right, Todd. You know hero. what's up. Yep. Um, Sean in Massachusetts wants to know, can you give me your best recipe that includes a can of Coke? My husband is a Coke oh, collector, my. obsessed with Coke. So wow, what a that was an amazing segue. Yeah, Todd, uh, he is a giant. Every time I see any old Coca-Cola things, I <sighs> always want to send you pictures, but I'm like, you'll be like, no, don't. He's, he's going to get it. <laughs> no, don't. don't. Uh, what would be a good meal that Coca-Cola would pair with? Uh, a recipe for a Coke. Like for me, it's a beef brisket. I made the most insane beef brisket the other day and it included a full can of regular Coca-Cola. And when you cook that oh. down with like the, it was super easy. It was like tomato, um, onion, garlic, I think some carrots, and then like a can of either a jar of either chili sauce, like the, the Heinz chili sauce or 
Uh, I had chopped up tomatoes just in a can, dumped that in a little tomato paste, a full huh. can of Coke. That's kind of it. You know what I saw Coke is really good for? Mm. Cleaning your toilet bowl. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. If you <laughs> put it on there, of things, yeah. it'll it'll like clean it or, yeah. a, or like your sink or something. So it's really good for you know cancer. Stop um, it. <laughs> Coca Cola could be one of our sponsors. When's the last time I had a Coke? I don't even know. With probably I offset all of these things that I don't eat with just like all of this craft beer that's down here. Which yeah, is really uh-huh. good for soaking food in. Yeah, right. Uh, and the pizza and you're cooking. probably getting afterwards. Oh my god. Yeah. Until I got. Oh yeah. It's uh, so much pizza. So it's. It, I mean, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I don't know why. When I was in Jersey, I wasn't eating that much pizza because I was on this paleo kick. I come down here, I'm like, let me get all this crappy pizza all the time. And it's crap down there. No offense, yeah. Raleigh. I'm uh, sure there's some good pizza places. There's like one place, Oakwood Pizza Box, but yeah, I go to Mel Mushroom, but oh. Do they put mushrooms? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, that's it. This is actually another really good, you and I are making these transitions happen beautifully. And I don't even know the questions. No, you don't. Everyone, that's right. Peter in New York wants to know. A lot of dudes listening. I know. A lot of single guys. They want want to know how to woo. They do. I have been using the pandemic to order takeout from new places and try to be adventurous while supporting my local places. However, not everything travels well. What kind of dishes should I order from takeout and what kind of things should I wait until I can go and visit in person? Do you have takeout do's and don'ts? Peter, great question. That is really good. There was one. Hmm. Cause I did this. I have done this myself mm-hmm. and there was something I got that came to me and I was like, this was the worst idea ever. Fried what chicken. Fried chicken. See, if I do that, I will drive to the place and, and then eat it in the car on the way home. No, I, I'll bring, I'll get it home. But I also live a block from a. There's a lot of good barbecue down here, and yeah. there's a place a block for me called the Pit, and their fried chicken. Talk about MSG. Yeah. Like I literally want to die. I have heart palpitations when I'm sleeping. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like you're taking Lipitor with the fried yeah, chicken. Yeah, dude. It, but it's so freaking good. I would say though, fried chicken, if you ordered it and it was coming from more than 15 minutes away, which I don't know why you'd want to order something that's more than that, that would get a little soggy. Yeah. French fries, Uh, no go. Anything fried is a tough sell if you're not able to. So what I do, because I live in the suburbs now, so I drive everywhere to get the food. I always order the takeout, go and drive and get it. But I always order one extra thing that I can eat in the car on the way home because it's my reward for going to get it. So that's usually the fried <laughs> My reward, not the end when I get home and get to eat this delicious crappy food. That's another reward. It's like, thank you self for the pain you're gonna cause yourself later after eating this shit. So if I'm getting Here's a, a cupcake. If I'm getting a fried thing, it's usually the like snack for the car ride back home. Okay, give me an example of a place that you've done this to and what was the snack? Well, I ordered ramen the other day and the ramen place is known for like these insane chicken wings and it's like 20 minutes from my house. And so it's like blood orange hoisin, yuzu, lime, salt, like, right? Like all these, and like some are dry rub, some aren't. And so I got uh, like 
a, a pack of chicken wings with like three different flavors in them. So I ate the crispy ones that were not soaked in sauce on the drive home. See, I- but I don't I, have a stick shift anymore, so it's automatic. So I'm not doing anything. Like I'm, I just don't I'm, like. I can't. I have to be sitting down. Yeah, most I, people I, should be. But <laughs> I mean, you're obviously <laughs> sitting because you're driving. If I'm going to get food and enjoy it, I want to be yeah. where there's nothing happening around me. So if I'm driving, I'm getting like half the experience, or 100%. the per- the percentage isn't all there because I'm like this. But I can see where it almost becomes your brain is like. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this. Like I get yes. to just listen to this and eat this the whole time. And you're like, yeah. oh my God. And like everything around me is a freaking 20 minute drive to go get it. So, and then 20 minutes back. So I live in the city, yo. I know someday I'll I can walk everywhere. Again. It's yeah. also going to be 55 today. So uh, <laughs> it's raining here. Yeah, it's been raining here for a while. Anyway, anyway at least we're not so, Texas. Yeah, had, no. no, thank God everyone drives a truck there. So sad. Yeah, and I'm sure it all went to shit. Yeah, so I would, back to Peter's question, I would always ask the restaurant when you're ordering, if you're ordering on the phone with somebody, what holds well? That That's the question I always ask. Like I ordered um, uh, for Valentine's Day that just happened, even though this is going to come out in a couple of weeks in March. I, when I ordered our food, I asked the restaurant, like we got a couple of different kinds of pasta, some salads. And then I was like, oh, the mussels, will those hold? Well, it was, we were driving it almost an hour to go get this food in an hour back. It was like 45 minutes each way. Holy crap. Cause it was near Boston. And she was like, they do. I go, well, we're driving it like 45 minutes each way. So do you mind? There was like crostini and stuff that was going to go in the muscle dish. I was like, can you put the crostini on the side just so then it doesn't get soggy? And she's like, yeah, no problem. So stuff like that, I would just call the restaurant and ask. I mean, you're in New York, so in New York City. So I imagine you've got a million options and you're probably ordering online. And so I would, order- I, would I would think scallops would be a bad idea. Yeah, seafood's usually um, not a great like salmon. Yeah, yeah. I would order things that are like stews, soups, yeah, curries. Um, you know, pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Even pizza though, like pizza doesn't hold that well unless you're. I like cold pizza, so it doesn't bother me. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like pizza, I think. Unless it's literally down the street, which you should have a billion options if you're living in the city. Yeah. I mean, you should just walk your ass down there and get a pizza and bring it back. Have a little adventure there. Get out of the house. Get out of the house for a minute. Yeah, I know. That's what everyone wants to do these days. <laughs> just Give me the be around people and here. breathe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Give me all the COVID balls at this point. I'm done. Done. All the vid. Yeah. All right. Rosie in DC would like to know how we sharpen. How do you sharpen your knives? Um, actually, fun fact, Brianna just moved to DC. Oh, get out. Yeah. So her and her boyfriend just moved there. Brianna so I'm gonna go visit my sister. sister. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got that. My buddy here. Let me go look. Oh, I got it. So Please. I was asking you and Todd for four years yep. or three years. Yep. It was like three years. Three I would years. say, all right, I'm ready to buy a sharpener. Yep. And I suggested a handful. And I was always against getting one that wasn't as cool because he's, you know, because you guys know how to use the real sharpener thing. I got yeah. this thing. The Bavarian oh. Edge thing. Bavarian Edge. Okay. It's by Uh huh. And like what you do is, here, I'll show you. It's, it's like. Right now, if you could only see Mike's demoing his Bavarian Edge. Oh, sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. See? And then you push through it. 
Oops, yep. that one that was C. Yep. Yeah. So like that's what I use and it's super fast, but I always make sure I do that and then wash it off, wash the blade yes. off and dry it. So there's exactly. no like, Residue. I'm like bringing with this to me, to my couch, <laughs> just, just carrying my sharpener around. Yeah. No big. No big. Yeah. I agree with you. I use, I think that's a great idea. Um, we have a knife steel that we use every time before we're about to cut something just to keep the sharpness going with that. Um, and then, I mean, Todd, has such expensive knives he gets them professionally sharpened yeah i was gonna say like if you if you have really like it took me a really long time to get a sharpener because that's a really good knife yeah and i didn't want to mess it up so i'm still kind of wary that i have this thing but it ha it's been actually pretty good but if i saw that the blade was getting a little messed up i would take it somewhere and get it professionally done yeah and sharpened. it makes a huge difference um we also have an electric sharpener which is very much the same thing of what you have it's just two different sides. You plug it in and then you swipe it through. I'm doing the motion for everyone. I was so confused. I was so surprised that you guys had little like devices like that. Considering all you, what's that? What's the, the metal a, thing? That's called a steel. So the steel's steel. good for every day. Like right before you're going to cut, you do the steel really quick and it just resharpens the edge. But like, say... I don't always do that. Todd, it's, he's got the habit of doing that. So for me, I grab whatever knife I see, I start chopping and over time it just gets dull. And even by yeah. using the steel, it'll still get dull over time that you might need to get it professionally ground or use something like you have or something, the, the, the electric one, but the electric one's the same thing, like the steel or like what you have, but it's just on steroids a little bit more. So it really gets it super. Yeah. Strong. I think I noticed when I was trying to cut there was some vegetable I was trying to cut and I'm like, this shouldn't be this much of a hassle. Yeah. So like I think I need to invest. Or... Yeah. It was something really stupid. So I think that thing cost me like 20 bucks. Yeah. Maybe it's worth 40 it. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I like once a month will sharpen the knives and then that's, I mean, truth. Todd will use the steel every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but he's also what's a professional chef. Chef Todd. <laughs> An executive chef. Good chef old chef, chef. Brew. All right. Next question. Zoe in New Hampshire. It's 1030 AM. I know. I need more. Wake coffee. up. Shut Let's up. go. I'm going to the gym soon. I know you are. Yeah, get pumped. Zoe in New Hampshire. Like Shut up. I have to ask the fucking question. Uh, <laughs> all getting edited. This is going to be a fun one to edit. What? Keep it in, man. No. Zoe. <laughs> Zoe in New Hampshire would like to know, do you have a recipe for an avocado mousse that tastes good? I did that one time and that was right in the beginning of doing this whole paleo thing. Mm -hmm. And I, my taste buds were not prepared for things that were not the way I've always had them. Mm -hmm. So I would like to go back and try it again, but it was like avocado with cacao powder, Cacao yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. It was like I got way better as soon as I figured out spices. Mm. That's that was the game changer. About s almost a year into cooking paleo, maybe a little bit less. But as soon as I figured that, I was like, oh my god! So I would like to go back and try that. But it, it does not to me. It did not taste like no. moose. I mean, no. it doesn't. No, and I think the key with it is um, one good food processor because you really need to to blend the avocado up to like make it so it's super creamy and and if you use a really good yes. high power food processor it almost gets kind of fluffy like a mousse like texture the other thing is 
if you use cacao powder or Dutch cocoa powder or anything like that, it's going to be way more uh, bitter than if you used melted super dark chocolate or melted even semi-sweet chocolate or or whatever. Um, So if you use the melted chocolate instead of the cacao powder, cocoa powder, Dutch, whatever, um, it'll be a little sweeter. And the other thing is I put a ton of maple syrup in it. And see, I was going to, yeah, I was thinking of like how I would do it now. Yeah. I'd probably do avocado, just like melt some dark chocolate, like a little Mm -hmm. bit. Because dark chocolate's like good. Yeah. Not like you have an entire bar. It's not going to be, but that. And then I would almost say a little bit of cinnamon and sea salt. Yeah. Possibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. And and then I was going to say honey. And then you said maple syrup. Honey, any liquid sweetener, agave, honey, maple syrup. Yeah. It just needs to be liquid because that's going to be incorporated a heck of a lot better than like a cane sugar or something like that. Yeah. And don't let it sit either because it's going to still be an avocado and it's still going to get, you know, I don't know. When I did mine, I think it was the next day or two days it gets later. It's watery. It's, no, it's just like, you know, an avocado sits, it gets brown. I mean, granted, it's brownish because it's a mousse, but you're like, it's still, I could see it's Oh, no, avocado. this is like you're eating it the day of. You're not letting Yeah, this you're not letting this go. sit for like three days and then. <clears throat> no. Um, Lauren in Massachusetts wants to know what our all-time favorite cookbooks are. Uh, Practical Paleo. Okay, who's it by? uh what was her name crap i totally forget she yeah this was like the same time again it's like i'm totally advocating this whole paleo thing it's just that's what i got into with cooking back in the day it's what taught me how to cook and i just buy vegetables and meat Mm -hmm. granted when i go out to on the town i'm eating like the doritos i'm not eating doritos Doritos. unless it's a the dorito crunch wrap which thank god um (laughs) Uh, but the practical paleo book was so great because that's where I learned seasoning because she had it's it's really colorful. And this is like the same time that Nom Nom Paleo that she mm. started. Love Nom and Nom. She was great. So it, it was like her and the practical paleo. What happens, what I found with anything is if I have too many resources, I get a little uh, analysis paralysis. But if I have one source that becomes my Bible, so practical paleo. I would go through it over and over Mm. and over again and recook their meals. And they were so easy. Mm -hmm. And because, and she gave you different ways to combine spices. And that's how I learned all that stuff. That's Um, awesome. That book's great. I forgot. I gotta remember her name. Uh, I like, and I have for a long time, the skinny taste cookbooks. Um, She focuses on a lot of Weight Watcher friendly meals, but she also, it's a full range of vegetarian, vegan, um, meat eaters, pescatarian. And I haven't made a loser recipe from her and I've been cooking her stuff for years. The other one that I like a lot and I've been using for the last few years is Levin Lemons. Um, Their food blog has two cookbooks and they have one called Every Day. Uh, She is a more of a gluten-free vegetarian focused and vegan focused blog. So what I do is I cook those recipes. Sometimes I leave them vegetarian, but then sometimes I'll throw in like some kind of cooked protein on the side if we're feeling frisky, but her, she's got great fun facts in the cookbook. I like a cookbook that has a beautiful picture, an easy step-by-step recipe. I don't need a huge backstory. I don't need to know about your grandmother. And I mean, sometimes it's great. Hate the backstory blogs. Shut up. 
get to the damn recipe. Some of them are fine. I don't want to totally. This reminds me when I was 10. I don't care when you were fucking 10. Show me how to make the jump to the recipe. Yeah, I know. So I with the ads. Right. So I like, well, everyone's got to make a buck, yo. So that's true. I like her cookbooks a lot. I think they're really well laid out. The recipes are awesome. Um, and another one I, I can't not mention because I'm utterly in love with her is salt fat. I think it's salt fat acid heat or salt fat heat acid by Samin Nosarat. It's my Bible. It's got the first half of the book is just all about like cooking the science of it. it it's fabulous. And then the second half is recipes and if you haven't watched her documentary series on Netflix, well, then you are missing out, my friends, because I I've didn't, I didn't get that. into it. I think oh. I, I could see why. I think if I was I know what it's like to geek out on a certain topic. Yeah. So I think if you are really getting into food or getting into food, that's mm-hmm. where I was like, I am missing something here because she is on it with what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just missing this connection of like wanting to dissect why, you know, the science of something, but I find it yeah. fascinating. Oh, I love it. And she's just like the most amazing human on the planet. Uh, also, Diana, Diane, Philip, San Philip, Philip, Filippo, Diane San Filippo. That's the practical paleo. She <laughs> okay, used to go to a, a CrossFit up in Jersey when, and she, she was like a local Jersey person. And this, this mm. book like blew up. She's got like a big blog presence or did. Good for her. Good right. for you, Diane. Good for you, Diane Sanfilippo. <laughs> Ari in New York. Get this Northeast crowd kicking here. Um, that's where I am. I like it. And you, that's where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. No, that's where I was. And now I'm here. I, was, I felt, <laughs> it seemed like, a, like a, a skit from Arrested Development with like Buster. <laughs> that's where I am now, mother. <laughs> I'm going uh, to Army. Okay, Ari in New York. What are some of your favorite easy go-to recipes for a quick meal? The fastest one I ever make is split chicken breast. And so what I'll do is I'll set the oven at 375, put the chicken breast in a glass um, Pyrex or whatever. And then I melt coconut oil, spread it on top, and then I make this mix of Himalayan sea salt, ground pepper, paprika, garlic powder, onion powder, put it in a bowl, mix it all up so it becomes one thing. And then I just take my hands and just kind of sprinkle it on top of the breast, put it in, put it in the oven for, I do it for 42 minutes because for some reason, I I swear to God, anytime I did it for 45, it would come out dry. Oh, No idea why. And then it's like comes out and just let it sit for like a couple minutes. It is so freaking easy and juicy and amazing. Mm. That's, that's like my fastest dinner. No sides. Uh, well, side, this is, so this is a salad recipe, a salad I've been making for years. It's mm. just red leaf lettuce, um, and like radishes, carrots, broccoli, cucumber, all cut up. But then I have this, I just take, Again, the same kind of spices. So to like, on so on top of the salad, sea salt, ground pepper, mm-hmm. garlic powder, onion powder, turmeric. If mm-hmm. you have dill, throw it on there. If you have oregano, throw it on there. So just cover the top with all that shit, mm-hmm. and then do a little bit of uh, oil, olive oil, and then apple cider vinegar, and then mm-hmm. toss it together. I make this probably like three times a week. It's that the, sounds yummy. 
it's like it's surprise like you think that adding that much seasoning is it's just stupid Mm-mm. but you know obviously you wouldn't want to add cinnamon or you know like paprika or anything like that but yeah it's great you can even do like sliced apples or something or like even like a little bit of um, mustard when you when you mix mm. it up mm-hmm. yeah that's the i never buy dressing i only do that as my dressing which i think is the reason why i need to get more ideas because i need to you know that's why i get bored yeah i can give you some dressing ideas that's i what um, i do that's what i do i last night made and i think this is a pretty quick and easy meal some Asian soba noodles with just like raw veggies that I had in the house. And I made a quick like soy, ginger, sriracha kind of dressing with some rice wine vinegar and mirin. It was so good. I am not, I was never a soba noodle guy, gal. Soba noodles, I just wasn't into buckwheat noodles. I thought they were gummy and kind of gross. And they're so good when you cook them right. Like when you cook soba noodles, you don't salt the water. And then when you pull them out of the water, you only cook them for, you know, five or six minutes, you rinse them off in cold water and then toss them with like a little sesame oil or something. So they don't clump and they're super filling. They're delicious. They're, I like them better even than regular pasta when it comes to like Asian stuff like this. Um, yeah. And then I just cut up a bunch of raw veggies, tossed it all together topped it with like toasty cashews and boom it was done in 10 minutes and so good i always forget about that like with veggies like anytime i grab one of these vegetarian cookbooks or something to me it always looks like they're making the same it's the same ingredients with just a different look Mm. but i mean sometimes it's like i i guess that's where i'm thinking oh you have to just be everything has to be so different but vegetables it's always forget that you could just do certain vegetables and do a stir fry, like kind yeah. of thing, right? Oh, yeah, like yeah. what would be in that? would be like mushroom, uh, asparagus. What would you throw in there? Yeah. I, I mean, it, I think it depends on the season. It depends on what you like. I've made stir fries with kale. I've made stir fries with like, I've got stuff in the fridge right now to do like shiitake. Eggplant. Yeah. Shiitakes, um, baby bok choy. Um, uh-huh. See, there's a point though where there's like, I feel there's a couple of vegetables that you just go a bit overboard and it starts getting kind of watery. Yeah, I agree with you. And the other key with a stir fry is you cook it on high heat and you cook it quickly. The vegetables still need to be, have a little crunch and toothsomeness to them. Like it can't, uh-huh. they don't want to get overcooked. You don't want them to like melt down and get mushy or anything like that. Like the, the point of the stir fry is, I mean, broccoli and stuff like that. You want it to be crisp and so you would like cook that just the vegetables in that and then when they're out then add the sauce on top Mm -hmm. of it and stir it up no i when i do stir fry i put the oil first i cook the aromatics like the ginger the garlic um get those done and then add the veggies in one at a time cook them like Uh in order of how they're gonna cook so i know for example carrots might take a a minute longer than the broccoli is going to take. And then, you know, so I, I put them in an order of their cooking, keep putting in the veggies, keep stirring it, trying not to overcrowd the pan. And then if you have only a small pan, then I would take whatever vegetable you're cooking after it's already cooked, put it in a bowl off to the side, put the next one in and then incorporate it all at the end. And then in the end, I make I'm trying to visually show you. I, I mean, I, I see you on camera, so I get it. I'm getting <laughs> the full nobody experience. Nobody else is going to get it. No one else is going to get so, it. All right, let's use my words. Use she's words moving back. her hands like she's swimming, everyone. <laughs> Underwater, yeah. So in the pan, 
I kind of make a well in the middle where all the veggies are. And so then now you can see the bottom of the pan and then I add the sauce in and then let oh. it bubble and then toss it all together real quick. And there you go. What would be in your sauce? Depends. Simple, simple, simple. Simple are <laughs> as they are, asked. As they asked. All right. So I love right now, I'm obsessed with gochujang, which is a Korean fermented Korean. That's the thing you told me to get. I'm going to remember this now. Korean chili paste. Um, okay. So I like gochujang. I like a little bit of soy, um, like a little tang with some rice wine vinegar, a, maybe a tiny sprinkle of sugar and a little or honey or, or whatever. And then um, some fresh ginger, garlic. I like it spicy. So chili flake and um, that's about it. Maybe a little sesame oil. Mixy, mixy, mixy. Okay. Yeah. And then toss everything together. Different flavors go with different things. Like if I'm making, and I know you have to go. So. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I, I just have to be out the door at 1115. So. Okay. So anyway, di yeah, different. I think different stir fries call for different things. Like if you're making Szechuan, then you want Szechuan peppercorns, which is going to give that beautiful numbing effect in your mouth. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just, I know we can keep going, but all right, no, the numbing on. thing. It's so funny. Like that's definitely a Szechuan. It's like, what was that Szechuan two place <gasps> in Massachusetts? Yeah. And Woburn. Oh, that place was dope. It's still around. They have a huge bar, Baldwin bar. Such a random spot. It's so good. And then they have um their other place in Brookline, Szechuan garden. They have a place called, I think it's called blossom bar. That's in it. I think. And um, it's insane. It's the same thing. It's so freaking good though in Brookline Village. All right, we digress. Oh, Josh in Seattle says, "Hey, hey, new coast, new coast. I don't like the taste of kale, but I know I should eat more vegetables. What is your favorite thing to do with kale? Throw it in the trash, Josh. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, it took me a minute to get into kale. Yeah, I as agree. Soon, I mean, it, all you honestly need again, I cook with coconut oil, so I would just do." Heat the pan, put in coconut oil, make sure it's melted, obviously. Mm -hmm. Add in the kale and just either, I, I don't like, I usually put a lid on it that kind of like steams it almost. Like just make sure everything's all oiled up and then add some salt and pepper and like you're done. I, mean, I don't know. It's like, that's really good. Or that recipe I was talking about earlier where you just do a little bit of soy sauce and sesame oil and just rub it into the, to the kale and mm -hmm. it gets rid of that bitter taste. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it takes a minute to get into kale, but it's once you kind of pass that, you get over that hump, um, mm -hmm. you start liking it. Yeah, I agree. I think kale, um, if there's a recipe that you already like to make and it calls for baby spinach, I would substitute kale in for that. Like in soups, I love kale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like a kale and sausage and potato soup, I think it's delicious. I put kale in frittatas. Key. I didn't think about that. Scrambled yeah, I make like eggs. I do homemade. Um, yeah, scrambled eggs. I'm just gonna just keep interrupting you. Please um, do. I uh, I make homemade bone broth, and mm. I make a sausage cabbage soup, mm -hmm. and I think kale and that would actually be good. It would. And it might a little bit. As, yeah, or you can take not the cabbage all. out and just do straight up kale. Yes. It's not as stinky, so you're not as stinky. That's pretty. Good. I think um, kale too. If, if as long as you either massage. <laughs> whatever dressing or something. Yep. Now we're both doing it. On Get in it. Get in it. Dig you have in to, your fingers. You really do. Like you either have to really dress it well. Um, I 
There's a great tahini miso dressing from Love and Lemons that I love. I mean, get creative with it, but you want to massage the kale with the dressing if you're eating it raw and like give it a minute to absorb the dressing. And then if you're going to cook it, like you said, quick saute, you can even like ship and it really thin and sauteed. And then I'll mix it in pasta sometime, like a long noodle pasta or something like that, yeah. or chop it up and throw it in a soup where, you know, baby spinach is involved. Don't put it in a smoothie. Yeah. If you're going to do a green smoothie, use baby spinach. Don't use yeah. kale unless you really love the taste of kale. I think people drink green smoothies and green juice and all that. Great. That's awesome. But the gateway drug to a green smoothie is baby spinach. Spinach. Yeah. He's, he just, it just, disappears yeah and you want to like gone. do like tropical flavors with it you know so then yeah it disappears completely and it doesn't look off putting yeah i actually made a kale uh not smoothie but i did kale apple and water in my um vitamix mm. this morning because mm -hmm. i'm trying to just add more again i say that and this is like the first time i've done it in two weeks so i'm i'm trying but uh you just cry that thing it, like it makes it like it it just What's what's the word I'm looking at for? It like dissolve. It like dissolves. It, yeah. It's seriously. It like makes it yeah. like just liquid. It's amazing. But you got to keep that pulp because that's the point. So right. It yeah, wasn't I that agree. bad. It's not. It was okay. The apple. You got to put the the ratio of apple to kale. It's you got to put more apple for the sweet. Yeah. But it's pretty good. No, it's awesome. Good for you. Look at me. Look at you go. All right, we have a couple more, and then we'll yeah. wrap it up. Ashley in Arizona asks, "How do you make really good cold brew coffee?" Go to uh, Brew Coffee in Raleigh, and they have it on tap. It's nitro. Uh, it's really good. The large is about $4.80, and the small is about $3.50. Uh -huh. And uh, the best thing, go to the one in Cary, um, even though you're in Arizona. Don't worry. It's a, it's a nice road trip. When you drive into the one in Cary, it helps you to like put your day off in the morning. So you just get in. It's about fifteen minute drive out there. Yeah, um, good put too. a good podcast in. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, you can listen to Beth's, or you can uh, listen you, to Doyle's. You can listen to uh, either of mine, my yeah. Daily Bread one, or my one about the late '90s punk rock scene. Yeah. This was the scene. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 really nice. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's how I do. It. <laughs> okay, I, great. I buy I buy, buy cold brew every single day. Yes, he does. I've made it you once. You support. You support local, your local yeah. spots. Um, I think the, the key to good cold brew is one, get good coffee that you really like. Two, it needs to be very coarsely ground. Fine mm. ground coffee and cold brew is going to give it a very, very strong and off-putting taste. So make sure it's coarsely ground. Use a French press, put the grounds in, fill it with water, leave it on your counter for a day. And then when you filter it, you're going to put it in like say a mason jar, get a strainer, put some cheesecloth in the strainer, filter it out with your cold brew, uh, with your French press. And that should get all the sediment and just the grounds and yucky stuff out. Huh. It's going to taste different as Doyle can attest to than regular coffee. It should be smoother. It should yeah. be a little sweeter. Um, it might be a little stronger than what you're used to. So you might need to add a little filtered water to it just to make sure you're not on a total whacked out caffeine high, even though there's nothing It'll wrong kick with your that. Ass. Yeah, I can't. So you don't you don't put it because when I did it, I had this. My mom got me this thing a couple years ago and you just ground up coffee or you bought back ground coffee, put in this thing and put water in it. And I would put it in the fridge mm -hmm. for 12 hours or 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, but you would. You said you'd leave it on the counter. 
Yeah, counter or the fridge, either way, it doesn't matter. Is there a change? Is there a difference in taste when you do? I don't it? think so. I think the the bigger thing is if the coffee is not coarse ground, there's a massive difference, and the quality of coffee you're using, massive okay. difference. Um, but that would be my suggestion. Um, can definitely link to something for you. Two more questions. Let's do it. Let's two do more it. questions. Two more questions. Getting people um, food to eat. Amani in LA would like to know what one of our favorite memories, food memories from childhood is. Would this be something restaurant wise or your childhood, this... dude? I mean, so obviously my... your parents didn't cook at home much. If we're going to a restaurant for your child, no, I'm just kidding. Well, that, I mean, that's I'm why kidding. I like to go to a restaurant. No, I think that's true. I was thinking about this the other day. I like going to restaurants a lot because that was when the weekend came, there was no cooking. It was mm -hmm. us going to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. um two things one my favorite was my dad would show up on a friday or thursday with mcdonald's oh shit. <laughs> he oh, would God. just roll in and you, you just smell the fries as he walked in and we were like this is the greatest Aww. thing ever that was one uh we used to go to village square in and that's where i got introduced to liking steak which was such a stupid decision on my parents' part because we'd go there and I'd order an $18 dish as a freaking nine-year-old or yeah. seven-year-old. I was like, I'll get the New York strip. I'm ordering New York rare, strip, please. the sizzling New York strip. And I remember my dad's face sometimes. He's like, uh, <laughs> I was like, what? It comes on the pan. The, the, the plate sizzles. It's like the coolest thing in the bread. This is like 1984. I love like it. legit. I'm eight years old ordering a steak. So that was like my favorite thing. I love that. I cook it. Yeah. Good for you. So mine is, I used to love when my mom or grandmother would make me spit in the eyes in the morning. And it's like the toast with the cutout in the middle. My, we call them spit in the eyes. They're probably called other was, things. What's like the, yeah, the toad. Toad, toad in a hole or toad whatever. Hole. So that. Can I get yeah. that spit uh, breakfast, grandma? Know, right? And then the you other got it, thing. honey. I know. Well, because my grandparents didn't live near us, so they, they all lived in Pennsylvania. My yep. dad's mom, she was this tiny little Hungarian woman, didn't speak any English. We call her name, I mean, in Hungarian, it's Najmama. And so my Najmama, she used to, she was like maybe four feet, five or six. She was tiny, she was a tiny little lady. She would stand over her old stove, like old school stove. And when she would make these special dumplings that um, were Hungarian, she the way that she would hold the dough and the knife and just like cutting them off right into the salted boiling water. It's something that I really remember to this day and I can see her hands doing it. I can see, I can be right in the kitchen next to her doing it. And she passed long, long time ago, like 25 years, 30 years ago. So it was like the sad portion of the shut up the, the show. Thanks. Um, shut up. At Los Angeles. I know. No, no, it was, I liked it. It was nice. I came back. Actually, uh, one right. more thing. One more yeah. thing. My dad used to make these things called egg McDoyles. <laughs> There's a McDonald's theme around your dad. I love it. I okay. Oh my God. It's so true. <laughs> my sister, Mel will tell you about it too. Actually, so Brianna, that was the thing. Uh, every Sunday he would do Tom, uh, Thomas English. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, he'd do that and he'd toast it, put butter. This is like the most like unhealthy thing. He'd toast and put butter on it, and he'd cook an egg, uh, hard over easy, where it's like it's not like not the sunny side up, but it's like cooked over, but you yeah, cut like it and it breaks over everywhere. Medium. Over yeah. medium, yeah. He'd put that on with like white cheddar, 
and you just bite into it and the egg would just like go all over the plate but that was his he was like oh he's like egg mcdoyles let's go he's like you know how do you want it's like oh just one's fine we'll uh we'll link to that recipe on the show notes for you (laughs) (laughs) it's just like a landing page it's just like a white landing page with black english muffin white cheddar (laughs) egg cook serve squeeze get mcdonald's and surprise your kids on thursdays (laughs) right all right so i know you have to go he's truth he's going to crossfit right now so doyle has to jump off but before you go is there anything you want to this is this makes me sound like i'm the most most healthy person all this stuff i've just been talking about which is such crap because i'm like in theory i mean yeah i do cook that way but like again i probably drink my face off like almost every night so um what do I want to plug? I have yeah. a uh, I have a web comic called Daily Bread. You go to Instagram. It's your Daily Bread, B R E D, and I just put out this couples checklist book, which I'm very excited about. It's mm-hmm. a it's a mix between cute and really messed up, and uh, the people I've given it to have absolutely loved it, and the people who have bought it have absolutely loved it. So you should go check that out. And I have a podcast about the '90s punk scene called This Was the Scene. I've interviewed bands like uh, Chris and Vinny from Less Than Jake, um, Sergio from Sam I Am, Knapsack, Ian from Newfound Glory, William from Sunny Day Real Estate, who, I mean, I have like 125 episodes up there and it's just like all these punk bands from that time. And it's really, it's doing really well. And been doing it for th- almost three years in March. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Happy hey, man. anniversary. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, and I want to ask you again, because I asked you the first time and we can't leave without me asking you again, if COVID wasn't a thing and money was no option, where would you go and what would you eat? And it can't be Spain. Cause that's it. what you said the first time. So I need you to get a little more creative. Uh, well, I think with Spain, I said, I wanted to go somewhere and just ask someone where to go locally. So it would have to be on, on the, off the off beaten, on the off beaten path. Right? Is that how you say that? Wherever. I'd, I'd have to go to some place that was not in the touristy section yeah. and say, where would I, where should I go eat? Right. Uh, my God. TikTok, buddy. TikTok. Jesus Christ. I'm just kidding. Does that have to be in, does that have to be outside of the country? It can be wherever you want it to be. This is your dream food. You have I to. I don't know. I, I don't. Okay. Do you want to try a different question? Do you have a different? No, no. Cause this is the question you have to answer. Yeah, it is. I would probably just like, at this point I've already done Spain and like one was just going to Jersey and getting a Taylor ham and cheese. Uh, I'd probably just the next country I'd go to like Ireland and get some, well, Ireland, the food's crap there. Right. Isn't it like, no, not that I good? lived there. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. yeah but you do like a blood thing or something. Um, <laughs> black pudding, black pudding. Yeah. I would go. I would go to like, okay, I would invent another country. I'd go to Germany probably during like Oktoberfest and mm-hmm. I'd be like, give me the best place to get like a brat or mm-hmm. with like a giant beer. And what would, what's the best local spot to go get that? That'd probably be my Yum. And a pretzel, a Bavarian I, pretzel. Have to get a pretzel. Yeah. Beer, pretzel, sausage, Germany. Exactly. Done. I was thinking of the, sa- of the Caesar salad, but you know. I love you so much. Have so much fun at CrossFit. You're a doll. Are you kicking me off now? I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stop recording. Okay. Mm-hmm.
Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. I want to thank Mike again for coming on the podcast. Dude, I love you so much. Thanks again for making my day. And I hope uh, we made your day by answering all of your questions. Thank you guys so much for submitting all of your questions. Keep them coming. Send them to let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Check me out on Instagram, same handle at let's go on a food adventure. Go to my website for all the show notes. You want to work together, elizabethrfuller.com. Again, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Please, please be safe. Lead with kindness. And I'll see you next week. Bye.